Cutting through the matrix on the 12th of November 2012. For newcomers, as always, I suggest you make awfully good use of cuttingthroughthematrix.com. On the website, you'll find a whole bunch of authorized sites listed there. They all carry free audios for download. And I go through the history of the big system that you're born into. The one that's very, very deceptive. It runs by deception, in fact. And it runs your media. It runs your ed- educational system. It writes your textbooks for universities and, and junior schools as well. These guys control the world, have done for a long time, and they're bringing in their new world order where an elite, the proper kind of people, will run the world properly and no more personal choices on anything. It's all, all be done for you by experts as you grow up and all through your life you'll be trained and monitored and so on and so on. All very well uh, laid out, actually, in their own plans. These are the same guys who set up the United Nations, by the way, and they set up the, the powerful banking institutions which they own and run across the whole planet. They said that they would use the banks eventually in the last part of this integration of the world as the big stick with the IMF and so on. So they've, they've never, ever let, let us down. They tell us what they're going to do, and the public don't read the books, of course. They're too boring, and they actually pull it all off, and we're living through it today. So help yourself to the website, as I say, make good use of it. Remember, two, you're the listeners that bring me to you. I don't bring on any advertisers as guests or celebrities who don't know any more than you do uh, to impress you. And I just try and give you the basic facts as they are. Not terribly pleasant, not entertaining for sure. I just give you the facts and let you deal with them, at least the ones who want to, and prepare for their for their futures ahead, whatever kind of future you think you might have. Uh, you should really be preparing for now, in fact, because the world as you know it is finished. And we're, we're off in a completely different direction now. A direction, as I say, planned well over a 100 years ago. Actually, it was in the centuries when you go into the, the details of it. And the ones that built on even the Enlightenment right up to the present, they knew exactly where they wanted to take this world. Run by incredible deception, and here we are going through it all. And all I have to do now is train you into going into austerity and doing without very little and being happy and very stupid. They want to make you very, very stupid. They've actually admitted they've dropped your IQ points down quite a bit, so they're awfully gleeful about that. So you can donate to me and buy the books I have. Hopefully keep me going by purchasing and cutting through the matrix.com website from the US to Canada. You can use personal checks, international postal money orders, or from the post office, or you can send cash or use PayPal. And across the world, remember, get Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. Remember, straight donations are awfully, awfully welcome because I don't get advertising money from anybody or have shares in anything that's sold. So it's up to you to keep me going. And as I've said, I've always known what was going on, uh, unlike some people who didn't, uh, who pretend to, but I really have always known what was going on, even as a child, because we did have good libraries in Britain. That's one good thing about it. And they had uh, very good uh, selections of top authors 
who were big changers at that time, changers who got together on big world panels to bring in and change the cultures of the entire planet with variations here and there from different countries, but really it's all the same variations in the long run as they brought down all, in fact they implemented all of the planks of the Communist Manifesto. Um, these guys at the top employed communists and capitalists, since the capitalists owned both of them, by the way, and you're now seeing the, the, the effects of their war. You can't get change at all in society without uh, a conflict with an opposition, so they create the opposition, people choose, it, choose sides as always, but you end up uh, getting changed through, and this is what they mean by it. This is the dialectic which they use, and they always get come end up on the road that they planned in the first place. Works awfully well. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the Matrix, which is full of deception because uh, that's why I chose the Matrix, really, just like the movies. You think you've arrived in the main place and there's a, more places up beyond, to the left, to the right, up above you, below you, all around, because you run with incredible deception. You mean, their whole life has been deception, in fact, even... Those things that you take for hobbies are all given to you and promoted to you through awfully slick uh, marketing and advertising. And we're in an, under a scientific uh, dictatorship, in other words. Now, years ago, I mean, many times since I've mentioned the New American Century Project, which laid out in the 90s, twice actually, 92 and then 98, they revamped it. And they had the list of all the countries they wanted the U.S. to take out, along with Egypt, or on behalf of Egypt, uh, sorry, Syria, or Israel. And they talked about uh, uh, starting off with Afghanistan, then Iraq, and so on. And Israel still pushed immediately after Iraq. They wanted the U.S. to go into uh, Syria, straight into Syria after that, and then Egypt. But it, it's got a different order today, but it's the same agenda. And I've mentioned that they published it, and you can always count on what they plan, you see. And lo and behold, one of the articles, which I already had, from years ago, uh, there's quite a few articles on it, but one of them I had has come out and resurfaced again uh, from 2002 from The Guardian, and it says, uh, playing Skittles with Saddam. That was one of the, the ones that came out in 2002. And it talks about a televised speech last week. President Hosni Mubarak of Egypt predicted devastating consequences for the Middle East if Iraq is attacked. He says, we fear a state of disorder and chaos may prevail in the region. And Mr. Barak says, an old-fashioned kind of Arab leader. And in the brave new post-September uh, 11th world, he doesn't quite get the point. What on earth did he expect the Pentagon's hawks to do when they heard his words of warning, throw up their hands in dismay and say, gee, thanks, Hosni, we never thought of that. Better call the whole thing off right away. They're probably still splitting their science with laughter in the Pentagon. But Mr. Mubarak and the hawks do agree on one thing. War with Iraq could spell disaster for several regimes in the Middle East. Mr. Mubarak believes that would be bad. The hawks, though, believe it would be good. And it goes on and on. They're about war hawks, of course, which covers a broad range of people, actually, inside and outside the U.S. But it talks about um, 
It says, the Hawks claim that President Bush has already accepted their plan and made destabilization of despotic regimes a central goal of his foreign policy. They cite passages from his, his recent speeches as proof of this, though whether Mr. Bush really knows what he has accepted is unclear. The Skittles theory of the Middle East, that one ball aimed at Iraq can knock down several regimes, has been around for some time on the wider fringes of politics, but has come to the fore in the U.S. on the back of the war against terrorism. Its roots can be traced at least in part to a paper published in 1996 by an Israeli think tank called the Institute for Advanced Strategic and Political Studies entitled A Clean Break, A New Strategy for Securing the Realm. It was intended as a political blueprint for the incoming government of Benjamin Netanyahu, as the title indicates advised the right-wing Mr. Netanyahu to make a complete break with the past by adopting a strategy based on an entirely new intellectual foundation, one that restores strategic initiative and provides the nation the room to engage in every possible energy on rebuilding Zionism. Amongst other things, it suggested that the recently signed Oslo Accords might be dispensed with. Israel has no obligations under the Oslo agreements if the PLO does not fulfill its obligations and that alternatives to Yasser Arafat's base of power could be cultivated. Jordan has ideas on this, it added. It also urges Israel to abandon any thought of trading land for peace with the Arabs, which it described as cultural, economic, political, diplomatic and military retreats. Our claim to the land to which we have clung to hope for 2,000 years is legitimate and noble. It continued only the unconditional acceptance by Arabs of our rights, especially in their territorial dimension. Peace for uh, peace is a solid basis for the future. The paper set out a plan by which Israel would shape its strategic environment, beginning with the removal of Saddam Hussein and the installation of a Hashemite monarchy in Baghdad. With Saddam out of the way in Iraq, thus brought under Jordanian Hashemite influence, Jordan and Turkey would form an axis along with Israel to weaken and roll back Syria. Jordan, it suggested, could also sort out Lebanon by wearing or weaning the Shia Muslim population away from the Syria and Iran and re-establishing their former ties with the Shia in the new Hashemite kingdom of Iraq. Israel will not only contain its foes, it will transcend them, the paper concluded. To succeed, the paper stressed Israel would have to win broad American support for these new policies and advised Mr. Netanyahu to formulate them in language familiar to the Americans by tapping into themes of American administrations during the Cold War which apply well to Israel. Uh, at first glance, there's not much to distinguish the 1996 Clean Break paper from the outpourings of other right-wing and ultra-Zionist think tanks, except for the names of its authors. The leader of the prominent opinion makers who wrote it was Richard Perle, now chairman of the Defense Policy Board at the Pentagon. Also amongst the eight-person team was Douglas Feith, a neoconservative lawyer who now holds one of the top four posts at the Pentagon as Under Secretary of Policy. Mr. Feith has objected to most of the peace deals made between Israel over the years and views the Middle East in the same good versus evil terms he previously viewed the Cold War. He regarded the Oslo peace process as nothing more than a unilateral withdrawal which raises life and death issues for the Jewish state. Two other opinion makers in the team were David Wormser and his wife uh, Merav. And it says, see, U.S. think tanks give lesson in foreign policy, August 19th. Mrs. Wormser was co-founder of Memory, a Washington-based charity that distributes articles translated from Arabic newspapers portraying Arabs in a bad light. Does it ever? It's actually part of the Mossad's secret service, actually.
After working with Mr. Pearl at the American Enterprise Institute, David Wormser is now at the State Department as a Special Assistant to John Bolton, the Undersecretary for Arms Control and International Security. A fifth member of the team was James Colbert of the Washington-based Jewish Institute for National Security Affairs called JINSA, a bastion of neoconservative hawkery whose advisory board was previously graced by Dick Cheney, now the Vice President, that was when it was written, John Bolton and Douglas Feith. And then it goes on to say that um, one of Jinsa's stated aims is to inform the American defense and foreign affairs community about the important role Israel can and does play in bolstering democratic interests in the Mediterranean and Middle East. In practice, a lot of his effort goes into sending retired American military brass on jaunts to Israel, which they pay for, after which many of them write suitably hawkish newspaper articles or letters to the editor. Jensen's activities are examined in detail by Jason Vest in the September 2nd issue of The Nation. The article notes some of the interesting business relationships between retired U.S. military officers and Jensen's board and American companies supplying weapons to Israel. With several of the clean break papers, authors now holding key positions in Washington. The plan for Israel to, to transcend its foes by reshaping the Middle East looks a good deal more achievable today than it did in 1996. Americans may even be persuaded to give up their lives to achieve it. As I mentioned, they're all this in 1996, and this was published in 2002. The six-year-old plan for Israel's strategic environment remains more or less intact, though two extra skittles, Saudi Arabia and Iran, have joined Iraq, so they've added more countries to it, Syria and Lebanon as well as are on the list, the hit list. Whatever members of the Iraq opposition may think the plan to replace Saddam Hussein with a Hashemite monarch transcends of the descendants of the Prophet Muhammad who ruled Jordan is also very much alive. Evidence of this was strengthened by the surprise arrival of Prince Hassan, Hassan, former heir to the Jordanian throne, a meeting of exiled Iraqi officers in London last July. The task of promoting Prince Hassan as Iraq's future king have fallen to Michael Rubin, who currently works at the American Enterprise Institute, but will shortly take up a new job at the Pentagon dealing with post-Saddam Iraq. One of the curious aspects of this neoconservative intrigue is that so few people outside the U.S. and Israel take it seriously. Perhaps like President Mubarak, they can't imagine that anyone who holds a powerful position in the United States could be quite so reckless. What it means shining a light on, on the fact that the U.S. and the Pentagon is compromised. So it shows an awful lot of that people in, in Congress too, with dual citizenships and and, and so on. But nobody can accuse the neoconservatives of concealing their intentions. They write about them constantly in American newspapers. Just two weeks ago, in an article in the Washington Times by Tom Newman, uh, executive director of JINSA, spelled out the plan in clear, cold terms. Jordan will likely survive the coming war with U.S. assistance. So will some of the sheikdoms. The current Saudi regime likely will not. The Iran dissident movement would be helped enormously by the demise of Saddam, and the Palestinians would have to know that the future lies with the West. Uh, Syria's Ba'athist dictatorship will likely fall unmourned, liberating Lebanon as well. Israel and Turkey are the only current democracies in the region and will find themselves in a far better neighborhood. Would anyone like to bet on that? Because true enough, now they've got Turkey on the hit list as well. So you see, there's nothing happening today that wasn't planned years ago. You're, you're living through a, a planned uh, agenda. Uh, it's rather straightforward. It's been mentioned many, many times. I've mentioned it here on this air. That the, whole, the whole plan with all the, the takeout lists on them. And it's only the partial list, by the way. They've got other countries beyond the Middle East to take out too. As we go into this world order on behalf of whoever you think is in charge of it. 
And I'll put this link up tonight to show you this one from 2002. I've also got a few ones from the 1990s as well. But um, I'll put this one up tonight. And also you can look into Wikipedia on the the particular uh, group, which is called a clean and break a new strategy for securing the realm. And you can look that up yourself. I'll put the links up at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. So it's quite it's quite something when you go through it all. You're, you're living through an agenda, and of course you're all meant to believe by the media that's actually owned by the same people who run the wars and run everything else for this new world order. The media is meant to make you think that things just happen one country after another. Shouts boo, and you have to attack them. But nothing is further from the truth. Back with more after this. I'm back, we're cutting through the matrix And I've never really ever bothered voting for anybody Because I've always known it's been a farce, of course Because I've read the big books by the institutions that run the world And uh, uh, they, ne- they always get their way But even if they gave you a, a kind of pseudo-reality pseudo with voting uh, They get their own boy in anyway Because all top guys are members of the Council on Foreign Relations That's the rule, you see, across the whole planet so it doesn't really matter who they put in, the same agenda rolls forward, all the treaties that are signed through the United Nations carry on. You'll never see a party coming in and tearing any of them up, or from the last party, will you? They won't do it, never happens. So you're living through a straight agenda. And they're all on board with the same things now anyway, so what's the difference? They all want global taxes, they all want carbon taxes, they want value-added taxes, and austerity for all of you. And they're all on board with it, so... Don't be con too when they pull out con men that have been lifelong politicians who always run for so long then drop out at the last minute and then fool the folk over and over again. These guys are lifers for God's sake, you know. They're dynasties in, in, in politics, but they always take a bunch of folk off with them, uh, earn lots of cash, pour lots of cash in for the running. You know, it's never told where it all goes, but they always pull them out every so often for the people to follow as, uh, you know, a scapegoat. And they're left hanging again, as always. All the cons, all the cons. I've seen them just too many times for my whole life in different countries. But it's the same, too, with this article here. It says, it says um, on the cover of Newsweek, the GOP says you're old, you're white in your history. And it's, it was posted um, November the 8th, it says. And Obama has conquered, and that's what it says, you're old, you're white, you're history. And so they really have, you understand, there's been a whole war against every culture, actually, all peoples, because you can't have a culture and a peoples anymore in an international, multiculturalist society. And there are big organizations out there who have come out publicly and said so, and they have their front people out boasting about it quite openly. So, anyway, I'll put this up tonight, too, for those who care or don't know. <laughs> And an article took my eye too, this one here. It says, airport gropers, the people who grope you at the airports, take offense when you compare them to Jimmy Savile. Now that everybody knows about Jimmy Savile and being a perv and groping folk all the time, and lots more like him, of course, in the same cabal. 
And this guy gives an, uh, puts an article about himself every time when he leaves the UK through one of the Gestapo airport facilities, he's stopped at random and gets awfully fed up with getting stopped at random. And so he actually brought up that thing and he, he said, you know, you're all Savills here. And that really annoyed them and shook them up a little bit. So folks should keep that up and just keep mentioning it and call them Savills because they're all pedophiles and croppers, perverts. Uh, that's what they are, folks. Folk who do that for a job are obviously into it. And also tonight, too, I put up, there was a, a V for Vendetta march. I don't know who was running it, really, on Parliament 5th of November, and it didn't really make much impact on the news or any at all. But there was an awful lot of folk turned up to it, certainly, and uh, they had some fun. Uh, there was no trouble, but they certainly are really pissed off at the way this, these farcical governments pretend to run us. I'll put that up tonight, too. Also, this article is from the Peel's Court. It says, Tortured U.S. whistleblowers cannot sue. It says that the 7th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has thrown out a lawsuit by two U.S. whistleblowers, Donald Vance and Nathan uh, Ertel, who were tortured by the U.S. military after coming forward with evidence of wrongdoing by the contracting companies they were working for. The court ruled that U.S. military commanders enjoy broad immunity in cases of torture abroad and that the military chain of command couldn't be responsible just because detainee abuse across a legal boundary. The ruling added that torturing detainees is a part of human nature. <laughs> That's very difficult to control. They added that their, their being liable for the torture would distract the military's leadership. So the U.S. Court of Appeals Judge James Gwim had previously rejected Obama's administration's arguments to this effect, saying that torture lawsuits could continue against officials and that U.S. citizens were always entitled to due process relating to their detention. The administration condemned Gwim for second-guessing the military. Vanson Ertel approached the government about an illegal program dubbed Beer for Bullets in which the company they were working for smuggled liquor into Iraq to trade to U.S. soldiers for their weapons and ammunition and then sold those weapons in the open market. When the company learned they were whistleblowers, they had their papers confiscated and the military captured them when they attempted to return to the U.S. So there's no point in trying to be a good guy anymore. They'll just torture you. It's a message there. You understand there is no uh, old morality anymore. That's done away with, and it's been worked on for an, an awful long time. You're down to degeneration, degenerated people. And that was almost the plan, as I've read here many times over. Now, they can't get enough injections into children to make sure they're dumbed down and so on. And so many studies come out now, too, now admitting that, that IQ points are way down and and people have no attention span at all. But they're not happy enough yet. If you've got an enemy, the enemy is the world's people, then you have to really make them all dumb and stupid so you can guarantee your success in dominating them all. But anyway, babies are now to get the rotavirus vaccine. This is um, ages two to four months, they're going to get it. All babies to be vaccinated against a highly infectious bug that's one of the most common causes of diarrhea in children. Well, everybody got diarrhea as a child. More sources have started using all the prepared foods from the big business corporations that put all the melamine and stuff in it for you to make them awfully sick. This is from September next year. Infants aged between two and four months will be immunized against rotavirus, which causes the diarrhea, vomiting, abdominal pain, fever and dehydration. At present, almost every child will have had the viral infection by the age of five. It's true enough, you get the thing and you get over it, now you're immune to it naturally. It's not full of these artificial chemicals of all put in you and bacterium. Back with more after this. 
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix. And here's an article, too, about vaccines. And it's from the Freedom of, of Information Act. It was filed by someone who wanted to know about vaccines. And it revealed that 30 years of secret official documents existed, which they hadn't shown the public, showing that the government experts have known that the vaccines don't work, known that they cause the diseases they're supposed to prevent, known they're hazard to the children, colluded to lie to the public and work to prevent safety studies. This is, these are the same vaccines that are mandated to children in the United States. Educated parents can either get their children out of harm's way or continue living inside one of the largest, most evil lies in history that vaccines full of heavy metals, viral diseases, mycoplasma, fecal material, DNA fragments. There's also lots of um, aborted fetal tissue in them too, some of them. Uh, formaldehyde, polysorbate and uh, 80, it's called polysorbate 80, is also in there and, and it says... Um, the Freedom of Information Act filed in the U.S. with the CDC by a doctor with an autistic son seeking information what the CDC knows about the dangers of vaccines had by law to be responded to in 20 days. Nearly seven years later, the doctor went to court and the CDC argued it does not have to turn over documents. A judge ordered the CDC to turn over the documents on September 30th, 2011. On October 26, 2011, a Denver Post editorial expressed shock that the Obama administration, after promising to be especially transparent was proposing changes to the Freedom of Information Act that would allow it to go beyond declaring some documents secret and to actually allow government agencies such as the CDC to declare that some documents uh, don't exist. In other words, to lie to the public. Simultaneous to this ongoing massive CDC cover-up involving its primary health, not recommendation but mandate for American children, the CDC is in deep trouble over its decades of covering up the damaging effects of fluoride and affecting the lives of Americans, especially children and the immune-compromised, which everybody is now, by the way. Everyone's got a vastly lowered immune system. Lawsuits are being prepared. Children are ingesting three to four times more fluoride by body weight as adults, and the sheer number of potentially harmed citizens, persons with dental fluorosis, kidney patients tipped into feeding, needing dialysis, diabetics, thyroid patients, etc., numbers in the millions. So they've actually known about this for 30-odd years, all the, the terrible consequences of their vaccines, but they've kept it quiet and secret from the general public. Actually, one came out in Britain with the same list and uh, the terrible consequences which they've known they've been actually doing, and, and here we all are. It has to be intentional, you understand. It's intentional. If you can conquer the world and bring through incredible changes in this century of changes, I call it, to achieve a goal of world domination with a lot of stupid people, then you've got to make sure they're going to be stupid some way or another. And they've been at war with you your whole life, and you didn't know it. They're still at war with you now. Don't forget it. I remember, too, I've talked many times about uh, the big boys who helped plan the future, the guys in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, who gave us all the cultural changes. They planned them step by step. They take down the family unit, the, the hypersexualization of children so they'd never bond with anybody uh, throughout their entire life. And their boss, the only boss that they'd respect and obey would be the government, not husband, for instance. That's all been, uh, uh, it's all been successful. An actual real war has been continued for a long, long time. 
And Russell was one of these guys, Bertrand Russell. He worked with the top agencies on the planet to help plan off this. And he knew it could work. He said, he says, I could, if I want to get a group of children together, raise them, he says, apart from other children, and convince them that absolutely that black snow, that snow was black, he said. And they'll believe it for the rest of their lives. And what he was showing you is that literally they can make you believe anything just by repetition and a bit of law too to scare you into complying with these new, with new think, you know, new think and new speak. And that's where we are today. Certain things you're not supposed to talk about. At one time it was impolite to talk about things and then make it mandatory. You can't talk about certain things in a free society. And some folk are allowed to be offended, but you're not allowed to be offended with them. You ever wondered about that too? You should all get offended when you, when you want to, because you have the same right to do that. Now, here's how stupid it all becomes when certain problems that are up and up in the head, obviously, are taken uh, because of a political agenda, a social agenda, uh, and, and to get surgery working on people to, to clear up something that's still in their head. A few weeks ago, I mentioned about a young boy who had a sex change. Now he wants to get turned back. The National Health Service will have to pay for that, meaning the taxpayers. Here's an article here for an old guy. He's 75 years of age. He says, I had a National Health Service sex swap to be a woman. Now I'm 75 and I want them to put my tackle back. And it says, um, the sex swap dad told yesterday how he boobed by becoming a woman 23 years ago and begged the National Health Service to give him his tackle back. He's an RAF veteran, Gary Norton. He's now 75 and he moaned. Now he'd realized that I'm a red-blooded man and always have been. Well, I wish he'd make his mind up, don't you? I mean, if they're really trapped inside the wrong body, how come you can change again? I mean, that means maybe you weren't right the first time and maybe everybody was wrong as well, who went along with it. Understand the the nonsense we go through. And so I want a physical relationship with a woman, but I've got no equipment. It all went in the op. It says, one heck of a mistake to make. The father of four, who's married before, who changed his name to Gillian after his wife and children disowned him, tried dating men, but said he never fancied them. And it says that he's now quit taking the female hormones that stopped his beard growing and is on a waiting list to have the breasts that the drugs gave him removed. So he went on, uh, woman, uh, female estrogen. Gary of Coventry is pleading with local health chiefs to go the whole hog and fund a full gender reversal operation. They have refused. He insisted, I feel trapped. He's trapped again, you see. I did my best to embrace it and be, be a woman. I thought bikinis were nice and nice dresses. <laughs> Spent time on my hair and makeup and always had lovely manicured nails. But the operation essentially left me a lesbian. How could be a lesbian? Despite joining a ladies' yoga class and even modeling bikinis in a fashion show, he said, my, my life's a nightmare. So is the taxpayers, you know, these days. It's a nightmare. Guy told how he now realizes that secret cross-dressing he hid behind his wife back before the NHS op was far as he really ever wanted to go. And well, it's amazing. You know, he'd been better if he'd never seen a mirror, perhaps. Yeah. And he could have you know, imagined things and all that. A lot cheaper for everybody in the long run. But you see, you know, it's a big agenda, of course, a big, big agenda. And boys at the top understand all of it. You don't, you don't, you don't understand why this big agenda is on the way. They do. To destroy all that was. I remember mentioned before, Theodore Adorno, who helped create a lot of your culture as well. 
and the music that you're going to get right down to degradation, you said, uh, nihilism and schizophrenia would, would go into necrophilia, and there's lots of things out there on necrophilia today. So they always keep their words, these big boys. You can take it to the bank, because they own that too. Anyway, it says, Spain's banks have announced that they will freeze mortgage-related evictions for two years in cases of extreme need as a public outcry mounted over suicides by desperate homeowners. There's so many folk, in other words, being tossed out their homes that it's looking too bad, and they're expecting too much of a backlash, so they're trying to cut back a little bit. The lenders reacted after two suicides in 15 days by indebted homeowners facing expulsion in Spain, where both banks and borrowers were hammered by a 2008 property crash, like we all were. The desk shocked a country already weary of tough austerity measures in the midst of recession and record unemployment, and the news sent thousands into the streets in anti-bank protests. As uproar grew, Prime Minister Mario Rajoy's right-leaning government was told uh, was, was to hold a rare meeting with the opposition socialists to discuss proposals to combat the eviction crises. Why don't they just chuck the banks out and start your own ones up? Why would you keep the same system going? You understand this whole world system depends on keeping the same system at the top going. Because they run it, you see. They run everything that's, that's called chaos. And with the chaos, they bring order. And they, they still run it after that. That's the plan. The Spanish Banking Association noted social alarm created by mortgage-related evictions and said it informed the government on November 8th of its members' decisions. Now, here's a good one. The banks had agreed for humanitarian reasons and within a framework of social responsibility. These guys who plundered you all you know, are humanitarians at heart, really, with uh, social responsibilities, to halt repossessions during the next two years in those cases that involve extreme need. Well, what is extreme need, according to the bankers? Having a roof over your head and not, and not killing yourself, worrying about keeping it there, you know, that, I'd say that's extreme need. No one's safe anymore, you see. Anyway, the decision was hammered out after a deep and intense debate amongst associated banks. So the, 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 the crooks all got together and came up with the idea of just holding off a little bit before you go in and mass evict them all. And this article, too, is about um, genetic privacy. We don't have any privacy, but of course you know that they've been collecting your genetic material for 30, 40 years now. Supreme Court justices are to meet Friday to weigh whether they will hear a major genetic privacy case testing whether authorities may take DNA samples from anybody arrested for a serious crime. The case has wide-ranging implications, as at least 21 states and the federal government have regulations requiring suspects to give DNA samples upon arrest. In all the states with laws, DNA samples from saliva are catalogued in state and federal crime-fighting databases. Must be awfully slimy databases, eh? The issue confronts the government's interest in solving crime balance against the constitutional rights of those arrested to be free from government intrusion. The case before the justice is concerned a decision in April of Maryland's top court was said as a breach of the Fourth Amendment right against unreasonable search and seizure to take DNA samples from suspects who have not been convicted. I think Canada went through that too long ago and, and lost that as well because it's all the same agenda worldwide, you see. The Maryland Court of Appeals, the state's high court, the highest court said that arrestees have a weighty and reasonable expectation of privacy against warrantless suspicion searches and that exception expectation is not outweighed by the state's purported interest in assuring proper identification of a suspect. Well, it doesn't really matter because you're under a world system which is totalitarian and they want everyone's DNA. 
So I'll put this article up tonight as well for the, anybody who's involved in it. Probably a lot of folk down there who are, are up for the same thing. And this article too came out just before the election. It says, The fact that both President Obama and Mitt Romney are calling for increases to the defense budget, in the latter case above what military had asked for, as further proof that the military is the, the true third rail of American politics in a strange universe where those without military credentials can't endorse the defense cuts, it took a former chairman of the Joint Chiefs uh, Administration, Mike Mullen, to make the obvious point that the nation's ballooning debt was the biggest threat to national security. Uncritical support of all things Marshall is quickly becoming the new normal for our youth. Hardly any of the students in the Naval Academy remember a time when their nation was not at war. Almost all think it ordinary to hear of drone strikes in Yemen or Taliban attacks in Afghanistan. The recent revelation of counter-terrorism bases in Africa, unless it's no surprise in them, nor do the military ceremonies that are now regular features at sporting events. That which is left unexamined eventually becomes invisible, and as a result, few Americans today are giving sufficient consideration to the full range of violent activities the government undertakes in their names. It says, were Eisenhower alive, he'd be aghast at the debt, the deficits, and still expanding military-industrial complex. And he would certainly be critical of the insidious penetration of our minds by video game companies and television networks, the news media and the partisan pundits. With so little knowledge of what Eisenhower called the lingering sadness of war and the certain agony of the battlefield, they have, be, they have done as much as anyone to turn the hard work of national security into the crass business of politics and entertainment. And I'll put that up tonight too, because it's all true. And that's what I said too, the fact that articles in the military magazines too, perpetual war, constant conflict, Etc., etc. And I said that years ago too, even at 9-11, I says a, a generation will grow up never knowing anything except totalitarianism, uh, the good guys or the guys who are armed to the teeth and wearing black on the side of the government, and everybody, everybody else is just a, 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 a cat, one of the cattle, the, the general population. That's where we are today, was winners and losers, you see. And that's how the children see it. That's all they've known. And... This article, too, has to do with the United Nations. Every so often they make another push and push and push to get us acclimatized to what's coming along the pike. And once again, here they are again, out wanting control of a web kill switch, it says here. And they want to control it all, of course. An unfettered internet free of political control and available to everyone could be regulated to cyber history under the contentious proposal by a little-known United Nations body. Experts claim that Australians could see political and religious websites disappear if the federal government backs a plan to hand control over the Internet to the United Nations International Telecommunications Union. A draft of the proposal, formulated in secret and only recently posted on the ITU website for public perusal, revealed if accepted, the changes would allow the government restriction or blocking of information disseminated via the Internet and create a global regime of monitoring Internet communications, including the demand that those who send and receive information identify themselves. It would also allow governments to shut down the Internet if there's the belief that it may interfere in the internal affairs of other states or that information of a sensitive nature might be shared. Well, that will definitely be the end of it, or we're back talking about sports again. Sports, sports, sports. Uh, Because that's where it's all going. Anyway, telecommunications ministers from 193 countries will meet behind the closed doors in Dubai next month to discuss the proposal with Australia's Senator Stephen Conroy among them. 
The move has sparked a ferocious under-the-radar diplomatic war between a powerful bloc of nations led by China and Russia who want to exert greater controls on the nets and the Western democracies determined to preserve the freewheeling open architecture of the World Wide Web because they control most of the propaganda. The battle for control has also seen a cartel of telco corporations join forces to support amending pricing regulations, changes which critics warn will pave the way for significant increases in the cost of day-to-day internet use, including email and social media. They actually want to license everybody, as you know, who's got a website. And, and maybe even license you too for even sending emails out. Well, Senator Conroy said this morning he would not be supporting any changes to the current arrangements. The decisions made by other powers would also have a huge impact on Australian web users. We don't believe the existing system needs any significant or radical change. We don't believe the case has been made at all, a spokesman for Senator, uh, Senator Conroy told News uh, Limited, it says. But it's got other, if so many folk are meeting to do with it, with it, you know there's something bigger than this going on about it. Now, this is Article 2. It's, uh, it's amazing, as I've mentioned before, about neuroscience and terminology, neurolinguistics too. See, words can confuse you, convince you, and, and, um, and guide you, actually. These are sciences. Orators know this, and they knew this in ancient Greece how to string the proper words together will come bring you to the conclusion that they want you to have. And all propaganda is based on that, and marketers are, are experts in this too. I've talked about some the guys at the top who set you to default positions. They've trained you to feel guilt when you hear certain words as trigger mechanisms, so you have these Pavlovian responses that make you blush or whatever, even though you've done nothing wrong. Just thinking about something, you've been trained to blush, and you'll blush away. Well, I read about this, the expanding thematic group, uh, uh, just to show you what's happening with that from United Nations. Back after this. Hi, folks. We're back and cutting through. That's actually a caller on the line. This, this is Milan from New York. Uh, hello, are you there? Hi, hi Alan, good evening, how are you tonight? Not too bad. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm listening to your show tonight and something came to my mind and I think that's uh, very important. I was, uh, I watched a couple of days ago uh, a documentary about uh, consumerism. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I was thinking about that how I think that's a very important part because through they, they, because when, when I just think about my grandparents, uh, they didn't operate how we, how we today, most of the people. Today, uh, that progression to stimulus, just, we, we just uh, operate on, on stimulants. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, I think, very important part to bring all that agenda to, to today, what we are. Yeah. Because, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking, uh, in, uh, and, and I, was, I was thinking this is just in the Western world here in America. But when I'm looking back, I'm coming from ex-Yugoslavia, the same happened there. Uh-huh. So, uh, so generations of uh, people who finished the 50s and 60s colleges and, and school, uh, they are totally brainwashed and they don't have a moral stance and ethic what pre- previous generations have. Yes. And, and uh, that's, I think, very important thing. Yeah. Well, people, don't, people don't realize that when the United Nations was set up, the... They had a big treaty signed 
at uh, San Francisco in 1946. And every country signed on to that. But they did signed on to what was really basically a technique to use the, the communistic methods of over the whole world to bring down every country into this brave new world scenario that was was going to emerge out of it all, once you destroy all nations, etc. Uh, but part of it had to do, that part of it was getting these special groups, as I say, like Theo Adorno and his group, people like that, who worked to find ways on all the cultures of the world. They'd look at, they studied all cultures and they found the fastest ways to bring them down all in the same kind of direction into degeneracy, basically. And then the state would grow in power as it took over all of the fallout. You know, mothers uh, without fathers and these subsidies from the government, governmental agencies to come and help them, all that kind of stuff. It was all worked out when they even signed that charter in 1946 to take down the whole world and then the government would be boss and then eventually the super government, the world government would be complete boss over everything. So everything that's happened today was written about even long before they signed that charter. If you read the old um, say the Fabian books that were put up by the Fabian Society in England uh, and these guys had literally had direct access to the Kremlin and here they are in England and who was funding them you found it was the Astor family, Lord Astor and a whole bunch of top uh, bankers so you're living through a, one system there are no real sides on it in the system it's just one agenda using the dialectic to get to get everyone in on onto the road and fighting along the way so they can get the, the, the synthesis to come out of it. Out of every conflict you get a synthesis and that's what they're after. That's what, what communism was based on. If you want change, you've got the thesis, that's static, so you create the antithesis, which is the opposition, then you get conflict, and out of the conflict they have compromise, the, a new type of way, which is a synthesis, and that's what they're after. They've worked this t- beautifully since 1946 on the population of the whole planet and now you have no morals except what the state authorizes you and what the state authorizes you is degeneracy because everything that had to be that made it work had to be destroyed and and here you are it, it is destroyed you know and now what, what, what the problem is you cannot help yourself anymore because when you degenerate and people degenerate they, they cannot go previous time yes. how it was that's right yes that's the, that's the whole problem that's it. And mostly they don't even want to hear. They don't want to see. They're addicted to their degeneracy, you see. That's the problem. But thanks for calling. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night. May your God or your God's go with you.